passage is from Acts chapter uh, 14, verses 21 through 28. Scripture reads as this. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they had returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when we had appointed elders from, for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning, church. Why don't we uh, go to the Lord in prayer again? Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity. Every Sunday we can come to your house. We pray to you, sing praises to you, and also hear your word. I pray that, Father, may your word, your will be made known today to every single heart here in this sanctuary. Not only that we get to know you better, to discern your will, Pray that Father also will be submissive to your will and carry out your will. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And this morning, we continue with the, the preaching series of the book of Acts. We'll learn the transition from taking the gospel to an exclusively Jewish audience to the gospel going out among the Gentiles, primarily under the ministry of the Apostle Paul. The transition is best illustrated by Peter's vision in which he heard a voice telling him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This led Peter to then share the gospel with many Gentiles non-Jewish people. There had been Gentile believers throughout the Old Testament, but they had not been members of this priestly nation of Israel. And consequently, they had to worship from afar. They could not be with them. So Luke, the author of Acts, shows that there's a new covenant there is no longer any difference between the Jewish and Gentile believers. God wants his message of hope and salvation to extend to all people. Just before he ascended to heaven, Jesus said to his disciples, saying, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, Acts 
Here, X18 is considered the map. This is the map for all disciples to know they are to cover the world, and it is one of the five great commissions discussed in the Bible. And then we all know the other four are recorded in the four Gospels. Today, churches, including CEFC, we are to fulfill. The great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that through preaching on the Book of Acts will help us to see our need for an eternal mission, which includes joy in our Lord Jesus Christ, connecting with others, and using our gifts and talents, and making Christ known to the community and also the world around us. I pray that preaching of Acts will encourage all of us to reach out to folks here in the city of Monterey Park, in the San Gabriel Valley, and then beyond, reaching out to people of different backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, different groups, speaking different languages. Let me at this time briefly summarize what. The preaching series intends to cover for the past 12 chapters, and during the this past two and a half months, at the same time, I would encourage you to spend time reading this book of Acts and learn more about the kingdom of God. To learn more how the kingdom of God advances in the world. The first section, from chapter one to chapter six, verse seven, deals with some major event in the city of Jerusalem. After the coming of the Holy Spirit and the ferocious counterattack by Satan, the church is about to initiate its worldwide mission. So far, it has been composed only of Jews, and restricted to. Jerusalem. Then the Holy Spirit is about to send out His people to take the gospel out into the world. To send His folks, take it out outside Jerusalem. And the Apostle Paul is to be God's chosen instrument to pioneer this development. And then the second section, Acts six eight to twelve twenty four. Is on the foundations of world mission. Luke, he explains how the foundation of the Gentile mission were laid by Stephen the martyr and Philip the evangelist, and then followed by two remarkable conversions, and that is Saul the Pharisee and also Cornelius the centurion, and these four men. Each of his own way, together with Peter,、uh, Peter who led Gentile Cornelius,、uh, Cornelius to Christ, made an indispensable contribution to the gospel expansion of the church. And then Luke ended this section with the words in Acts chapter eleven, verses seventeen and eighteen. He said, or he, Peter said. If then God gave the same gift to them as He gave to us when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. You know, it was an epoch making. It's a great decoration by the, the so called conservative Jews, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. And only after Stephen, Philip, Saul, and Cornelius, uh, Cornelius, and these four men had played the part, was the scene set for the first missionary journey recorded in Acts chapter 13 and Acts chapter 14, which I'm going to go over with you this morning. And this marks the beginning of section 3, the apostle to the Gentiles in this preaching series. But before I do that, we have to understand that at that time, at that time, the outward movement of the gospel expanded in two ways, geographical and also cultural. And let's take a look at the, the map here. Geographically, the mission spread north beyond, beyond Judea and Samaria, as far as Phoenicia, which is Lebanon today, and then the island of Cyprus and the city of Syrian Antioch. And then culturally, the mission spread beyond Jews to Gentiles. Most of the scattered uh, disciples were telling the messages only to the Jews and to no others. Some of them, however, the men who came from Cyprus and Cyrene on the North African coast went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, sharing the gospel with them. Their boldness and also their enthusiasm in, in sharing the good news was richly blessed by God. For the Lord's hand was with them so that a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord in that combination of repentance and faith, which is commonly, commonly called conversion. And this morning we focus on Paul's first missionary journey. Uh, but the book of Acts actually outlines three, three such journeys of Paul. We, we call them missionary trips because Paul and Barnabas left the church at Antioch of Syria and then to travel to an unevangelized countries or an unevangelized country of Asia Minor and then including Macedonia to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and then to plant indigenous churches there. Praise God. Now let us focus, take a look at this first missionary journey of Paul and how he and the disciples are taking the gospel out into all the world. And this first missionary trip is recorded in chapter 13 and 14. And we won't read through the two chapters. Uh, I selected the passage this morning, chapter 14, verses 21 to 28, as a scripture reading. Uh, and it, it's just only a small part 
of a bigger picture. But then this passage,、uh, it represents the purpose of the mission, reaching people with the gospel, discipling con-、uh, converts, mentoring and ordaining leadership, and establishing churches. I want to thank David,、uh, David,、uh, for reading the passage earlier. But let me read this passage again, with a map on a screen showing you the location of Paul's first missionary trip. And for this passage, I want you to focus on Paul and Barnabas at this Route Seven. <laughs> route Seven. Here we go. Acts fourteen twenty-one to twenty-eight. When they had preached the gospel to that city, that city is Derby, and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium, and to Antioch. Now, now this is the Antioch of Galatia, rather than Antioch of Syria, where the journey started. So take note: strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when and when、uh, when they、uh, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word to Perga, they went down to Italia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them, and how He had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. That means they stay with the disciples for a long time. Even though we'll, we're not going to read the two full chapters, thirteen and fourteen, it is important, really, for me to, at least to summarize what happened during those two chapters to highlight, really, how the Holy Spirit's been moving and helping, and encouraging, strengthening the disciples while they ministering、uh, the non-believers. And then you can also follow along as I mention, highlight all these events using the same map that I have on the screen. Only this time we'll start from the beginning, that is Antioch of Syria. As persecution in Jerusalem increased, disciples they fled and dispersed throughout the region. Resulting a fast-growing church in Antioch in Syria. Now, about approximately A.D. 47, while the church in Antioch was fast was was fasting and worshiping, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." So, after praying and laying their hands on Barnabas and Saul or Paul. And then the church in Antioch sent them on their way, their first missionary trip. Paul and Barnabas, they first sailed 
to the island of Cyprus, where Barnabas was born, where he was from. They arrived, uh, Salamis, and taught in the synagogues along with Barnabas' cousin John Mark, and then the three preached across the whole island of Cyprus, and finally arrived Paphos, the opposite side of uh, Salamis, uh, Salamis, or the southwest of Cyprus, and then in Paphos. The, con- the proconsul or the governor, his name is Sergius Paulus, su- summoned Paul and Barnabas because he sought to hear. He wanted to hear the word of God. However, a Jewish fake prophet, a magician by the name of Elimus, Elimus, I'm sorry, Elimus, and he tried to prevent the governor from coming to faith. And then Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, showed his boldness, outspokenness, and power, condemned, uh, condemned Elimus, and then struck him, blind, thus performing his first miracle. Paul performed his first miracle, and then upon witnessing the miracle, the governor believed, and then Paul and Barnabas. Then set sail from Paphos to go to、uh, into the modern-day Turkey, while John Mark set sail to return to Jerusalem. And then in Turkey, Paul and Barnabas made the way to Antioch in Galatia, where they taught in the synagogue, and then many believed. However, the following week. When nearly the entire city gathered to hear their preaching, and then some Jews began challenging them and stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. After this rejection of the gospel from the Jews, Paul said, "We are turning to the Gentiles." When the when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing. And glorifying the word of God, the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Praise God. Eventually, eventually, being driven out of、uh, Antioch by Jews, Paul and Barnabas they went to Iconium, and then they taught also at the synagogues there, and many believed. And Paul and Barnabas performed signs and wonders during the stay in Iconium. And over time, however, the city became divided between those who followed the Jews and those who sided with the apostles. When Paul and Barnabas learned that the opposition was planning to stone them, they fled to Lystra,、uh, Derby. And the surrounding area, and then in Lystra, Paul performed another miracle, healing a man who had been crippled since birth. Unfortunately, the miracle caused the people to believe that Barnabas was the god Zeus, and then Paul was Hermes, or Hermes, the messenger and chief spoken of the gods. So they treated them like gods. 
So Paul and Barnabas, they had to work hard to convince the local, the people, that they were just men. We are not God. And then stop them from making sacrifice to them. And then Jews from Antioch in Galatia and then from Iconium came and persuaded the crowds to stone Paul. After the stoning, Paul was dragged out of the city of Lystra and then left out there to die. However, when the disciples, they gathered around Paul and he got up, Paul got up and walked right back to Lystra. And then the next day, he and Barnabas went to Derby and shared the gospel. Many more disciples were made. Praise God. After completing their time teaching in Derby, Paul and Barnabas retracted the steps, returning through Lystra to Iconium, to Antioch in Galatia, and to encourage the believers there, and also to appoint elders to each church before making the trip home back to Antioch in Syria. To get from Antioch in Galatia to Antioch in Syria, they passed through Perga and also set sail from Italia, taking the time to share the gospel also in those two places. The entire first missionary trip is believed to have taken about 12 to 18 months. So when they started about AD 47, then Paul and Barnabas returned home uh, to Syria about AD 48. And then in Antioch in Syria, Paul and Barnabas, they gather the church together and to give a report. They declare that all that God had done for them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. I hope this will give you, maybe for most of you, that kind of recap what happened in those two chapters. Isn't that wonderful? Marvelous. Seeing how the Holy Spirit leading, empowering, giving power, even during while they were persecuted. And yet, the Holy Spirit with them. Many, many believed. So what do we learn from Paul and Barnabas, this missionary trip? We actually can learn many, many spiritual lessons from this trip. But I'm going to just go ahead and just nail it down to three. Three, and I want you to take home with. And the first one, we are to take the gospel out into all the world. John Stout, he believes that the heart of our mission is an invitation to come to Jesus Christ, which we model by our welcome and an obligation to go into all the world, which means taking the good news out into the community. True. You know, our mission committee been, you know, been working very hard to do just that, try to take the gospel from here, Monterey Park, CFC, out outside the city, into San Gabriel Valley, 
outside this area into all the worlds. I'm not sure you know that currently we're supporting 22 missionaries and 17 mission committee uh, mission organizations. And we're also sending STM short-term mission teams to different parts of the world with the most recent team, which also earlier Pastor Rick Prey, Kirkestein team, they're leaving today, tonight. Uh, the team's led by Agnes Chu and also Pastor James. And then Pastor David, he already left Friday night. And he's uh, assumed he's already in China. <laughs> Praise God. And then soon the other team, the third one, that is sort of a vision trip. They go into Taiwan, Japan, and Taiwan as well. The way Pastor Rick and also uh, Danny Chang are going to join in. Aside from this above, that we need to do more, to do more to take the gospel into all the world. What about local mission here in San Gabriel Valley? Definitely. We want to bring the good news of Jesus up close to our neighbors and community. And one of the most effective ways is through church planting. Talking about church planting. We'll hold a town hall meeting. It will be the second for EM soon on August. I mean, sorry, on October 6th, Sunday, during lunch hour. And then uh, for that same Sunday, uh, there will be a joint uh, town hall for EM and also CM. And then for MM, the Mandarin folks, that we're going to have one for them during their Sunday school hour. And then prior to that, we're going to surprise the whole church with a newsletter about church planting, update you on what's happening, some of the exciting things that have been developed or developing. At the same time, also, we have these frequently asked questions, also going to be for you to read, to understand. And so prayer item to pray for us. And of course, during the town hall meeting, we will have plenty of opportunities to ask questions. And hopefully, we'll be able to address all your concerns you know, we all need step, you know, up, step out, you know, another step of faith to go out and really to reach out to the community. I know that some of you still have concerns, questions. Why now? It seems like we, we still uh, have not filled all the pews. <laughs> we still kind of don't have enough leaders you know what, uh, we're going to address all these. And actually, these are already in the frequently asked questions. So when we pass this out, this information, it's actually next Sunday. We're going to pass it out to you. Please go home and do some homework. Read through what we, the material we're going to provide for you and know why we're doing it. And also some of the questions and the concerns and some reading materials on church planting. Pray that it can be eye-opening for you. Pray that when you read this material, you pray along with us, the entire church. Church planting is not just for one language, not just for one for EM only, no. Church planting is for the entire church. This has been our vision. It just so happened now is the time that we're going to do it. So please stay tuned. But in the meantime, I will covet your prayer. Pray for our vision, uh, this church planting. Pray for the church planting uh, task force. We've been working hard to really try to 
move the whole uh, this vision forward. Second thing I want you to bring home with reporting what God has done with us is a joy. Is a joy. What God has done with us. Now hear the word with. It it connotes partnership. And it seems to me that the power and effectiveness of the first century, uh, the churches in first century, lies in its understanding that God's presence, God's love, God's plan to redeem and transform the world is exercised through the human beings, through the human communities, through you and me. Let me tell you something also about the, the mission conference. It's coming up in a little over a month. You know, I have the privilege to write a little introduction for the mission handbook. So I know the theme for this year's mission conference. And the theme is, love this world through me, Lord. Love this world through me, Lord. That's what it is. That's what happened 2,000 years ago when all the disciples, the church, they move in the gospel outward, spreading the gospel. It's really through human beings, through human communities, through you, through you, and through me. Praise God. And also, um, many years ago, I was not even a pastor. I was, uh, I was with the San Jose Chinese Baptist Church. Uh, I was one of the deacons. And um, uh, a few years after I received training, uh, what we call uh, CWT, Continuing Witness Training. It, it's really similar to WE, <laughs> Evangelism Explosions. Really, pretty much the same. Basically, you would gather together, you meet once a week, you know, and then the, you have receive some training, half an hour teaching material, and then send the team off to visit uh, different homes, to visit different people, share the gospel. So you would do this for about 12 weeks, so 12 times. So, and I, after I got trained, so I actually started this, you know, training, CWT, this training class. Actually, I, we, we did it for several years, and uh, about two, three times a year, so praise God. And many people came to the Lord because of that training, that program. But you know, uh, during the training, like I said, you know, every Monday morning at that time, we started at 7.30, so half an hour training, 7.30 to 8 o'clock, just training, and then afterward, because prior to that, we arrange, you know, house visitation. So 8 o'clock, then divide into different teams, and then they would go to different homes and then share the gospel with the non-believers. And then, you know what the best part is? So we would actually go back to church about 9.30. Sometime I, you know, my team, you know, went back first. So we're waiting for other teams to come back. And then all of a sudden, we hear the car pulling in the parking lot, and then people coming in. They were so excited. Oh, praise the Lord. And I knew someone accepted Christ that night. <laughs> they came in and shared the story. 
We didn't think that he he would accept Christ. Seems like he showed no interest in hearing our testimony to hear the gospel. But in the end, it's really not not us. It's really the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved, and then the person accepted Christ. They were so happy they came back. We share you know, our experience and how people accept the Christ. But of course, even with that night, we did not have anyone accept the Christ. Just to share how the gospel, the seed was planted, and that itself also, it was exciting. So giving this basically a report, sharing one another what God has done with us, with us, we cannot do it alone. Praise God that God used us through us to spread the gospel. Again, back to chapter 14, verses 27, 28. And when they, Paul and Barnabas, arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. They were so excited. They went back and shared the church. The trip, whatever, 12 months or 18 months. They shared, they rehearsed, really all that God had done with them. It's a very cheering report. Sharing the gospel planted in this great island of Cyprus, received by the governor, and extended through Pamphylia, Pisidia, and so on and so forth. And that's exciting. And also churches were planted in those areas. Likewise, likewise, I pray that may the rehearsal of what God has done with us, CEFC, our church, during the past year, serve to cheer our hearts and to encourage us with his help to attempt even greater things for him. Isn't that what it's all about? We encourage one another, share what God has done with us, what God done for us. May we continue to be faithful to him. It takes faith to go out of these four walls. It takes faith to go out to plant churches. But we know that it is part of God's commission, great commission. If we do that, God is with us. He will continue to empower us, continue to provide for us, continue to lead us to fulfill His will. And then the third one I want you to bring home with, it's a question. It's a question. What opportunities for sharing the gospel can you take advantage of in the days to come? What opportunities for sharing the gospel can you take advantage of in the days to come? And this really, ask yourself this question. I'm sure every day, whatever you normally, uh, wherever you work or go to school, you're bound to uh, see opportunities to share the gospel. But will you do it? Will you seize those opportunities to share the gospel? I will pray that you will. I pray that you will.
you know, uh, this question should ring through our mind, you know, as we going through the book of Acts. You know, also in virtually every chapter of Acts, the apostles such as Peter and Paul powerfully present the gospel to individuals and groups of people constantly. Clearly, the apostles' faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus produce a noticeable change in their hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. May we continue to cling on to God's promises. We continue to do the work that commission, commission us to do. And let God take care of the rest. We just do it by faith, knowing that we're doing it right. This is biblical. This is what God, this is what the Word tells us to do. May we continue to be faithful. For our Lord Jesus Christ, He's been faithful to us. Let us pray. Dear brothers and sisters, the question has been presented to you. What opportunities for sharing the gospel can you take advantage of in the days to come? Indeed, every day we come across with opportunities to share the good news. I pray that you would take advantage of the opportunities to share what God has done in your life, especially with the non-believers. Father God, we thank you for the book of Acts, your word. We thank you for the gospel. It's not just for the Jews, but for all. Help us to faithfully take taking the gospel out into all the world, starting right here in Monterey Park, and then San Gabriel Valley, and then into all the world. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.